Here is Pastor John. It was over 25 years ago that I met Neil Anderson, who at that point was the author of two books, Overcoming the Darkness and The Bondage Breaker. I had come to the realization that I really didn't know how to help believers deal with some of the struggles they were having that obviously had a spiritual component. I received a copy of the Bondage Breaker book, which was endorsed by a pastor, a well-known pastor that I was very familiar with. And so I read the book, and then I watched a video where Dr. Anderson was walking a woman through what were called Steps to Freedom. As I watched the video, it brought me to tears when I saw that obviously the Lord was working in a special way in the life of this woman. Neil was, in effect, helping her to simply talk to the Lord about the issues of life, uh, the hurts she had experienced, and just other areas where we may find ourselves having to deal with sin issues and needing to repent before the Lord. And Neil was helping her to humble herself before the Lord and resist the devil, and the devil would flee. And it, it was incredible to watch because you could sense that the Lord was working in this woman's heart maybe as never before. And as a result of both the book and the video, I had the opportunity to sit down with Neil Anderson and ask him a series of questions. Now, I want you to know that I have continued to see incredible things happen when we follow the guidance found in a number of Neil's books. He has given us some very helpful tools, and the Lord has used this teaching in a great way. Well, way back uh, when we originally met, I asked Neil how he really came upon this teaching that has been used to transform so many lives. Well, see, what led me to this a long time ago was realizing there was a spiritual battle there. When I came across as a pastor, I, I would just almost throw my hands in the air. You know, I had a few contests, and they were ugly, and I, so I wanted to teach a Talbot. I, I really wanted to pursue something, so I got permission to teach a class on this. I mean, it was like a first grader teaching kindergartners. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I didn't know was profound, <laughs> and every year was a learning experience, but the turning point for me was the idea that it, it really was truth that set us free. And secondly, that the, the magic formula, if there is one, is submit to God and resist the devil, but the first step is the critical one. And I tried to figure out what is it that is keeping us from having a very dynamic loving, personal, intimate relationship with God. What are the barriers? Right. Uh, if the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, why weren't these people sensing that? What's missing here? So I really did a diligent search at that time and sat down and I said, what are the critical areas? And you stop to think about it. I mean, you know, it surprised some because you got people in our churches say, well, I suppose I'm a little prideful. Mm -hmm. and I said, well, that's terrific. God's opposed to you. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a rebel. Well, that's the sin of divination. Yeah, I'm a little bitter about that right now. Well, God himself will turn you over to the tormentors. So, I mean, you know, you got some serious problems here. All of those three are quite tolerated because you don't smoke or drink or, mm -hmm. you know, or do the stupid little sins of the flesh that probably don't matter much anyhow. But so we came to terms with how are we going to deal with our pride, our own self-sufficiency, and come to terms with our own rebellion. Rather than fighting the establishment, you realize that God is going to work through that something less than perfect husband, pastor, you know, teacher, government, official, whatever else. And where have I been deceived? And, uh, and what sin am I habitually in that I've not come to terms with, that I've been hiding and covering up? And all you're dealing with is hardcore repentance here of getting, resolving the issues that are really critical between myself and God, just personal issues. 
I mean, you know, they're the same things that interfere with our relationship with, with other people, too. If you're rebellious against your boss, you're probably going to have a bad relationship with him. And he's going to know it. And you can't expect him to honor you or bless you as an employee if you're, you know, undermining his authority and credibility. So mm-hmm. I, I remember John sitting down one, gosh, afternoon and basically wrote out the format of that. Never really shared it and didn't do anything with it for a year. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, I'm going to try this on the class, my, talent, my graduate level THM level class. I was absolutely flabbergasted. It took about two hours and we just kind of worked through it. And that was pretty primitive form at that time. But man, I saw something happen. I saw I saw students break through some barriers here. Well, then I refined it. Then I started to sit down personally and counsel folks this way and sat aside a morning or an afternoon. And um, it was almost from the get-go, to be honest with you, it was incredible. Kind of scratch your head and you go, well, of course. I mean, you know, why shouldn't it be? I mean, the Bible has always said, submit to God, resist the devil. And Paul preached repentance everywhere. And, and see, all of this came back kind of counter opposite for me because I was really trying to resolve these spiritual conflicts, seeing it primarily initially as, as having an answer for spiritual warfare that was quiet and controlled and mm-hmm. hopefully balanced. But then I began to realize that this moved into the whole gamut of Christian living. As it turns out, my experience matched that of Neil's in that he was a pastor ministering to people, encountered some spiritual realities that he didn't know how to exactly deal with. And that's what happened to me. And that's how I came upon the teaching found in Neil's books. And in that time, it was overcoming the darkness and the bondage breaker. I was a pastor and I, and I saw people who I knew had spiritual problems. I just didn't have an answer for them. And again, I had the old tried but not true method <laughs> of uh, dragon thrash and, you know, a few mm-hmm. encounters that were really ugly. And I said, dear God, there's got to be a better way to deal with these people's problems. And then it, it evolved into the point where after a while I realized, I said, this isn't just a, uh, a demonic issue. This is a life issue. Mm-hmm. At the core of it, we're in a spiritual battle. We're, we're dealing with the world, the flesh, the devil. You have to deal with all three. We're not trying to fix people's past. We're trying to help them be free of it so that we are new creations in Christ. And and I almost came through the back door in discovering who we were in Christ. That should have been the front door. And that's what I try to tell people every day today. I said, I came at this in in, uh, realizing, you know, we were in a spiritual battle that uh, that we do wrestle not with flesh and blood principalities and powers. And that became my focus of how we can have a quiet, controlled, balanced way to deal with that that uh, that is palatable to the average people. Most people aren't going to get involved in the contest, and they really aren't. And they're, they're, some are afraid of it. Some don't believe it exists. Uh, some feel it's given the devil too much credit or whatever else. And I sensed the same things. But I said, but we can't ignore it, can't not deal with it. No, we can't ignore it, and we can't avoid it. And in the time frame that's passed since this interview with Neil, Look at our world. You know the enemy is really active, and we as believers have to go back to Ephesians 6, knowing that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. And we need to learn how to humble ourselves before the Lord and resist our enemy, and the enemy will flee. In that interview from years ago, I asked Neil, how did you reach a point where you took these obvious biblical truths and started to to work them into the practical experience of us as believers? And the history of this, I would suggest to you, indicates the hand of God guiding every step of the way. Uh, then I started uh, a class. I mean, I, I, a couple of uh, material came into my hand and books and resources and whatever else that I began to realize. I said, 
who are we essentially? We're children mm-hmm. of God. We're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And so I did a couple of uh, Saturday seminars. I mean, this is a, a prof at Talbot, seminary prof, experimenting with right. people's lives. And, <laughs> and, uh, but just teaching and trying to see what the results back. So I call it spiritual identity. I couldn't believe the response I got back from that. I mean, it was like people were saying, how come we don't know this? How come we haven't been taught this before? This shouldn't be new. I mean, you know, realizing who we are, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. So, I mean, you know, we're not dealing with a new thing here. This is age-old stuff, uh, or it should be. Beloved, now you are a child of God. Mm-hmm. You know, see how great love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called that. That became my focus, to be honest with you. And then I really strived to see how this wasn't some appendage to our ministry, that, oh, we'll have this little topic now on spiritual warfare, or let's find out when it's spiritual and we'll refer them to the Ghostbusters or Neil or mm-hmm. something like that, without seeing that this is, this is central to Christian living. That there's a kingdom of darkness, there's a kingdom of light, there's a God of this world. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one, according to John, that, um, that he's deceived the whole world. I mean, these, these are not appendages or right. abstract notions to the epistles. They're really core to it. And so you, you sit back and you take a good look at the New Testament and you realize there are two kingdoms. I've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved son. And that we are children of God. We're not just products of our past. We are primarily a product of the work of Christ on the cross. And I can't fix your past, but I believe by the grace of God, I can set you free from it. And uh, now, that's not peripheral teaching of the New Testament. John, I honestly believe that's the core. That's the gospel of, of, of giving us that good news that not only are our sins forgiven, not only are we justified, but we're regenerated. And we have been reconciled to God. And we're alive in Christ. And we're dead to sin. And, uh, and there is a battle going on for mind. And we can win that war. I and mean, we can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Which we've kind of put off as a periphery. And I'm saying, no, it's the core. Mm-hmm. It's Christianity. It's victorious Christian living. Now, when we plan to share some more of uh, those comments from Neil going back to our original interview. But let me just reflect for a moment on the first time I sat down with someone mindful of this teaching, and I did my best to help a man in an orange jumpsuit in a federal prison begin to talk to the Lord. I, for the first time, used the steps to freedom, which are just prayers that allow us to expose our heart and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things we need to deal with. And as I sat there with this prisoner and started to walk through some of these prayers, there was obviously a major spiritual battle playing out right in front of my eyes. And I was amazed by it. And then I continued to use the steps to freedom whenever I would counsel an individual or even couples, and we would just simply go to the Lord. The Lord is the one who has the answers. The Lord is the one who says his truth will set us free. The Lord is the one that will force the enemy to leave as we stand in the authority of our risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have watched people find freedom from incredibly difficult situations in the past, trauma of all sorts, because it's the Lord who is doing this. It's not us. The steps to freedom are merely a tool for us to talk to the Lord, to open up important areas of our spiritual lives so that he can reveal to us what we need to deal with. I can remember when I first went, took myself, I prayed through the steps to freedom, and I came to the prayer on rebellion, and there was a tremendous resistance 
in my heart to praying the prayer, to confessing my rebellion. And I'm there going, what is going on here? I cannot fully explain the the battle that seemed to be going on within me, my flesh versus the truth. Was the enemy involved? Possibly. But regardless, it reached a point where I realized, no, I need to confess this. I need to 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 go to the Lord with this. And I said, no, I'm praying this prayer. And I went through the prayer. And I don't know, a certain lifting took place. I don't fully understand it. I just know that this is a great tool to help you to get radically right with the Lord. And don't you want that? Well, Neil started what is called Freedom in Christ Ministry, and I would encourage you to go to their website, which is simply FICM, for Freedom in Christ Ministries, dot org. And when you go there, you'll see Get Help. They actually equip individuals to overcome what is hindering us from having the abundant life that the Lord Jesus Christ promised. They have people who have been trained, people who have gone through the steps to freedom. They're available in various places across the country, and I think he's actually global in terms of the scope of this ministry. Again, that website is ficm.org. Make sure to join us again tomorrow. We'll share more comments from that original interview with Dr. Neil T. Anderson. Thanks for being with us.